Before we get into today's Amy Ayler show, I have a super special invitation for you. Do you have a dream project that you have been called to create? Maybe it's about you finally writing or finishing that book. Maybe you have a business project, a divine offering that you just know if you had some time and space and focus, you would bring it into life. Or maybe you even want to create a magical retreat or launch a new product line. If you have a dream that is waiting to be birthed, I have the retreat for you. It's a magical Maui retreat with my dear friend, Susan Ariel Rainbow Kennedy, also known as Sark and me. Yep, that's right. We are taking a small, exclusive, amazing group of women, only 13 women, to a pajama party in paradise, especially for powerful women to bring their dream project to life. It's a luxury destination retreat in magical Maui with Sark and me. Want to look at all the details and apply for one of the only 13 spots? Cruise on over to MagicalMauiRetreat.com. That's MagicalMauiRetreat.com. And let me tell you, you are going to love the video that Sark and I taped in our pajamas, no less, and a magical fort that we built in her home. So head on over to MagicalMauiRetreat.com. Check out our video, The Divine Invitation, and let us know if we can help you create your dream project. It's like six months of coaching in five days in paradise. See you there. Hello and welcome, dear ones, to the Amy Ehlers Show. I'm your host, of course, you guessed it, Amy Ehlers, and this right here is episode 211. You can find today's show notes as well as links to Chris's new amazing, fantastic book at amyehlersshow.com forward slash 211. So today we're going to be talking about something that I just think is so deeply important for us to talk about in life. And that's from going from heartbreak to wholeness. And with this particular topic, this is the the, actually the name of my dear friend Christine Carlson's brand new book, From Heartbreak to Wholeness, which you can check out at fromheartbreaktowholeness.com. And this is her brand new book that's all about really stepping into your own hero's journey. Before we dive into that conversation, I just want to talk to you a little bit about who this amazing, fantastic woman is. Christine Carlson, Carlson, she's the New York Times bestselling author and world-renowned speaker. She is passionate about spreading her message of joy and gratitude amidst the ups and downs of life. She's been a personal dear friend to me for years. We've been in mastermind groups together over the years. She helped me walk from the world of not published author to published author. She is an absolute ray of sunshine that also has an incredible fierceness about her, which I love. I always like to say, don't F with the sunshine because if you do, you will get burned. And that's what I love about Chris is that she lives this, she's like a beacon of joy and happiness in her life. And it's not because everything's always gone her way, which we're going to talk about here on today's show. 
So with that, and without further ado, Chris, thank you so much, darling, for being here on the Amy. Oh, Amy, I love you. And I'm just, I'm so happy to be on your show and you're just the best show host ever. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you. Thank you very much. Did you hear that people share the show, share the show now? Right? Oh, you're so sweet. Talk about a ray of sunshine. You are the ray of sunshine. My my sunshine pales compared to your sunshine. I don't think so. We're little sunshine sisters over here. And I feel like people often have that thing when they see people that are really positive. You and I both live in that state of positivity, positivity as often as we can. But then they think, oh, that's because that person's never been touched by things like heartbreak or loss or tragedy. And I'd love for you to start by sharing a little bit of your story, because I know that's such a big part of what inspired you to write this incredible book. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so most of you probably are um, most familiar with mine and my late husband, Dr. Richard Carlson's work in the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff book series. Yes. Um, That was a series that Richard um, started over 20 years ago, and on the 10th anniversary of that book, he was um, on a business trip launching a new book and had a pulmonary embolism on the flight that was going into New York, which was um, really, it was sudden death for him. And Mm -hmm. at that point... um, over 10 years ago, 11 years ago, um, you know, our family was just, you know, humming along like every other family does, you know, it was Christmas time, the kids were um, in high school, you know, going through their final exams before Christmas break. Um, You know, it, it just was a life shattering phone call that I received and life shattering news to our family. And you know, so many people can relate to loss and can relate to loss of all kinds. And certainly um, we have so many different kinds of heartbreak and it isn't just the same loss that I went through. There's, there's the loss of your home or there's the loss that you go through in divorce or there's the empty nest. Many people go through tremendous grief as their nest empties Mm -hmm. because of um, the loss of identity that you go through when your life shatters and when it, when something ends, yeah. it always puts us in that feeling of, of the unknown and unchartered territory. And, you know, it brings up just a lot of fear for most people. Well, and for me too. Yeah. Right. I mean, I feel like there's some, school of thought. And I feel like I even bought into this for a little while. I don't know about you, Chris, you have to tell me, but where it was like, if I just kept my vibration up, if I just did everything right, that I would never have any suffering, that there wouldn't be loss in my life, right? That everything would just be amazing. I would manifest all the magic in the world, right? And then it was like, as I've matured, as I've grown, as I've had my own life experiences of incredible loss, you start to understand that loss is actually a part of life, that it's unavoidable. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely would have bought into that whole category until I had my great loss as well. You know, it's easy to hum along thinking that you have control over life. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be convenient? (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, sometimes it seems like we do, you know, sometimes it seems like things happen and we've made them happen. And, and yet, um, certainly loss does show us that 
there's a lot of surrendering that has to happen in life and that we really don't have that much control and that control is merely an illusion like a lot of life is. And, and you know, yet um, you're right about that, that as, as you grow up, as you mature, you realize that your losses have served you very well. And especially when you're on the other side, you know, you can't tell somebody that who's going through a tremendous um, heartbreaking experience when they're in the early stages of it. You can't say, because it just sounds so trite, but it's true. It's true that on the other side of that loss is healing. And on the other side is a much brighter future. And moreover, because you've actually transcended the darkness, you've actually gone into the valley and, and you come out and the sunlight is all that much brighter when you come out of it. And, and again, I will reiterate that you can't really tell somebody that who's in the valley, they don't believe you because it's, it's right. so awful. And I guess I wrote this book, Amy, from heartbreak to wholeness, the hero's journey to joy, not to get people out of the valley, but to give them a lot of hope that even in the valley, they can make empowering choices. They can step on a healing journey. And they can really get the maximum amount of growth out of this experience. Because, man, I always said, geez, if I have to go through this kind of suffering, boy, there better be, better be like a really kick-ass weight loss <laughs> clinic or something, you know? <laughs> like, there better be some really good benefit to it. Because it just sucks along the yeah. way. It's like doing yeah. those 90-minute workouts that you're just sweating and you're hurting and you're like, I don't want to do this, but you want what's on the other side. And, you know, loss is kind of like that. Grief is kind of like that. It can't really put your body to the test. It puts your mind to the test, puts all your emotional tools to the test for sure. So I, I think that I really hope to soften the blow for people going through heartache and heartbreak of all kinds by really showing them that there is a path to healing, that they can step on this path and they will feel better as I'm holding their hand. I remember you saying something to me, uh, this was a long time ago. I don't even know if you remember saying it to me. It might be something you say often or it might not be, but I remember you saying to me, I feel like there's two roads when you experience a tragic loss in your life, whether it's divorce, like you said, or your kids growing up and flying the coop or the death of someone that you love, that there's two responses. One is that people grow from it and really expand into this new version of themselves. And the other is that they collapse and they never recover from it. Yeah. Is that, can you talk a little bit about what you mean by that and how, you know, because I know that there's going to be people listening right now that are in a tragic loss and how can we help them? And I know this is exactly what your book is about. It's like helping them get to the latter instead of the former or the former instead of the latter being one of those people that really expands into growth versus we all know people who, where they suffer a loss and then they are beside themselves and they never embody themselves again. It's so true. Well, and that really points to the subtitle of my book, The Hero's Journey to Joy. You know, that I really, um, after looking back, you know, after 10 years of healing, I've really um, understood that there's some really, really important pivots that a person makes mm. in, their, in their decision to heal and, and how they will heal. And I will say that we don't, like we were talking about, we often, we don't have any control over what happens, we, but we do have control 
over is how we step into our healing and how we decide to work with what happens in our lives. And when you, you know, you say that, I remember saying that to you and, and it isn't something I've said a lot, a lot, but it's something I've said. And it's what I've noticed is that when you can choose not to be a victim of your circumstances, mm. and that means that you are not, you realize that you have a deep belief inside that you're not living at the affect of life. But, you know, that said, we get dealt some pretty difficult circumstances, but, but still you're not a victim of those circumstances. It's just that life happens to all of us. Things yeah. happen. We get in car accidents. You know, we, we have loss that happens. We get hurt. We get news of our health. It happens to all of us. And, and we don't get to choose that that happens, but we do get to choose how we respond to life and how we step up in our own game. And, you know, I watched my really closest friend go through um, breast cancer the year before I wrote this book. Mm. And, you know, she, there were five of us that got callbacks um, within a few months of each other. And she was the one out of five that, that had breast cancer and it was stage three and oh. I'm, I'm moving into stage four breast cancer. So, immediately it was about, you know, removing her breasts immediately. It was about going into treatment. And, and, and yet I, I just watched with such admiration because right away she started asking the questions that showed me that she was choosing the hero's journey. Mm. And she asked, why, why is this shown up for me? Not poor pitiful me that this is here. Why has this shown up for me? What can I learn from this? What am I to gain for the rest of my life by this experience? And these are the questions the hero asks. You know, these are the questions the hero, you know, doesn't hurt any less, doesn't suffer any less, but the hero steps up their game and says, gee, you know, this, this sucks. Like it sucks for me, like it does for any, anybody, but what am I going to gain from this? How am I going to change and awaken to a greater life because this happened? And, you know, I watched her go through a really a horrible year of treatment and, you know, and every time, you know, she just chose the hero's path and, wow. and then, you know, and the same thing that can happen to a person, you know, when they, they lose their loved one too, you know, you, you cannot change the fact that somebody dies. It's just, it's an irrevocable, I can't even say the word. <laughs> it's irrevocable. Yeah, there you go. If you can't change it, it's it's an impossibility to to go backwards on that one, and and so all you can really do is step forwards, and you know you just move forward, and that means you embrace grief. You know you don't fight it. You open up to it. You allow your suffering to you know to really open up your new life, and and it means that you have to be courageous and feel it means you have to be courageous and not numb out to it. But I really talk about in my book, From Heartbreak to Wholeness, about really it's almost like a mission you're on, a reconnaissance mission of reclaiming your, your own life and reclaiming who you are now after this huge change and transition. There's a lot of rediscovery in the book about you know how do you rediscover yourself, you know, a lot of times we find ourselves, even for people who haven't gone through a loss, but you see couples, for example, who've been married for, you know, 25, 30 years, their kids have left the nest and suddenly they're looking at each other and they're like, 
who are you and do I even <laughs> like you? <laughs> and they could they could use this book from Heartbreak to Homeless too. <laughs> because because they have to go on the same mission in their marriage. You know, they have to rediscover you know, something about their marriage that they really love. And, and who are they now without these children in the home? Who are they now with this new identity crisis? And so this mm. book really points to the fact that for a lot of reasons, we go through an identity crisis and, you know, the crisis is what sets us on the journey. And mostly I really want people to tell their hero's story and, and get them to choose the hero's path and, I don't shame anyone for feeling a victim because believe yeah. me, I think we all feel the victim back and forth. Even when we choose the hero's path, we're not always the hero. Right. You don't know? <laughs> <laughs> wake up and you have a car accident or something and say, oh, gee, I'm so happy that right. happened. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, and, and you know, it, it's like that expression, and I talk about this a lot in the show, that if it was happening for you instead of to you and that mindset of not that the world's out to get you, not that you're the victim to it, but like, okay, if I were to just say, well, if this was happening for me, how would that shift my perspective? How could I then empower myself around it? What are the growth edges that are going to show up for me? And I think that, you know, like you said, you also have to open up to the grief. You have to open up to feeling the feelings that are associated with all of it versus pushing them away and resisting them. I love what Joseph Campbell, um, he's on this very famous interview and he says, they ask him about suffering and he said, yeah, you know, suffering's not, it's not a fun experience, but you know, when you're suffering, you're, you're really like, by God, you're alive, you know? And, and that's really the part that, that suffering made me feel too. I mean, I, I, didn't realize that I was kind of humming along and not really caring too much that I wasn't living a very passion filled life, but mm. I didn't even know it. I was like, I, I didn't even know I hear I was supposed to be this super conscious person. And I, I didn't even know that I wasn't feeling passion. And then somebody, um, it was rich Dutra, you know, he asked me, he's like, what's your passion these days, Chris? And I looked at him, I'm like, what do you mean passion? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, what do you mean passion? Like I'm just trying to get my daughters through school. Leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, um, I don't know. I don't find committee meetings like my passion, but I do a lot of them. <laughs> but, you know, I, yeah. it was like hey, passion. You know, and then after you know Richard died, just like a few months later, I I was just so awake, and I was like, I I suddenly felt so much life, and mm. I had realized I had built up all these barriers in my heart, even, you know, that my heart had been completely broken open. And, you know, I always say like the sad thing for me now is that I'm actually a really great match for Richard now. I mean, <laughs> 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 I'm even a better match for him now. I mean, he's smiling. I'm sure he is like laughing, but you know, I mean, I'm a much more close match to his energetic pattern now than I was even when he was alive. I always felt like mm. I was kind of like, trying to keep up with him, you know, like yeah. his, he was very evolved, very masterful, you know, had great, just really beautiful integrated energy. And, you know, I had a lot of growing to do clearly because, because <laughs> I, I did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Easy though, but I did it. I chose to, I chose to definitely step on the growth path. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I, there's a couple of things I want to highlight there. One is you ta- you've, you've been talking a bit about the hero's journey, and I would love for you to go into that a little bit more of what you mean by that and how in your book that you walk people through so that they can step on that hero's path and really have this be an expansive thing where they go into wholeness versus going into just heartbreak city and never recovering. Well, that's a great question. And I, I really um, didn't know much about Joseph Campbell's work when I stepped on my own hero's path. But over the years, and just my, um, you know, my experience in the personal growth world, I've, of course, come across much of his work. And I started to realize that, that this archetypal, mythical um, storyline and journey is, is really within our DNA, but we do have to make a couple of very strong choices in order Mm. to get on the path. Mm. And, you know, not everybody's going to choose the hero's path if they don't know that it, it is a personal choice. It's like a lot of people don't even know, Amy, that happiness is a choice. You know, that's the new research that actually shows that even Sean Acor says that even amidst grief and amidst adversity, you can choose to be happy. Yeah. But if you don't know that you have that choice, you can never step on. And the hero's journey is, is a powerful um, mythological, you know, story that is really part of all of our story. You know, that, that, you have this crisis event and it, and it completely shatters your world. And here you are, you're, you're in an identity crisis. You're, you're at a crisis point and you have to, you have to choose like, how am I going to do my life now? We all have to make some kind of choice. And you know, the hero is going to, is going to step onto that arc and they're going to embrace what comes their way on this journey, you know, but they're going to tell the story from what we call the hero's lens, you know, from the hero's mindset. And that is, like I alluded to earlier, they're not going to suffer any less than the person who's victimized, but Mm. they're going to wallow in their suffering. You know, they're going to do things that are empowered. They're going to get up every day. They're going to, you know, treat themselves kindly. They're going to um, have supreme self-care. They're going to, you know, embody their grief, but let a lot of that go as, as, you know, look at like, how do I do this in a healthy way? And, you know, I, I talk a lot about that throughout the, um, I sort of loosely, I wouldn't say that my book is a, a direct depiction of the hero's journey, but I loosely imprint the hero's journey into the story of this book, into the chapters. And the beautiful thing is that I want each person who reads it to frame their own journey through mm. the hero's lens. And so I really lead you through a soul mantra. It's a guided meditation to a soul inquiry, a list of questions to a transformational writing process that allows you to write your story from the hero's lens. And I found that um, years ago, I don't know if you remember this, Amy, but I, I held heartbroken open circles. I remember. Mm-hmm. And years ago, I would have you know 20 to 50 women show up in my home monthly. And around the circle, I found, you know, as each woman told their story, I found that they would get stronger and stronger and stronger. And what I always encouraged in those circles was, you know, you're not the victim. You can't be the victim. You've, you've got to just really own that this happened, but, but own it in a way, you know, keep your relationship with your loved one alive. 
you know, deal with your anger and forgiveness if you're going through a divorce, you know, all of these different things to help women know that their story was really valuable to them and part of their medicine, but telling it from an empowered place versus a victim place was really imperative. I love that. So I just want to encourage everyone listening, when you think of those stories that you tell over and over and over again, because we all have them. We all have those stories that have made the part of our lives, whether it was about loss or even triumphs, like whatever it is, are you telling your stories from that place of empowerment or are you telling that story from a place of victimization where then it's pulling you back down? And I feel like we see this all the time on the news. We see this when, you know, just even like with the Parkland shootings, when you look at like Emma Gonzalez, who was telling her story and crying, but doing it from such a place of power of we will make a difference. This will be make a difference in the world. Like what an incredible example of tragedy immediately going into that hero story. Absolutely. You know, for herself. So it's like for all of you listening, what are the stories and how can you start shifting them into that place of telling it from the space of being the hero, of telling it as this is how, you know, having pride in who you've become because of that story. I love that. Like whenever I hear people, when I, when, whether it's from a stage, like it's a motivational speech from the stage or it's on the news or whatever, you can always tell the difference between people who are in their power when they tell their story, when they tell their story of a horrific childhood, but they're doing it from that place of empowerment. What, you know, what a great example Oprah is when she talks about her own abuse. It's, it's from such a space of power of this made me who I am today. And yeah. so shifting that so powerful. So powerful and, and really um, just for everyone, just so powerful for your own healing because at the end of the day, you know, you're the one that matters to you really, you know, you, what the stories you tell yourself is, is how you lift yourself up or down and, yeah. you know, and, and those are the ones that matter. So at the end of the day, it's what we say to ourselves that matter most. And, you know, certainly also, you know, I, I really give, um, I talk a lot about how important it is to share your story from that place of power too. Mm-hmm. And that even if it's just shared with one person from a place of power, it changes right. and shifts the entire world, you know, that because you empower somebody else to see their own story from a different lens too. And, and so that's why I feel so strongly about, you know, about the hero's journey and about people being able to shift their mindset and focus to being that for themselves. It's, it's just the greatest feeling. I love that so much. Really want to encourage everyone, you know, the stories that you're telling yourself in your mind, how can you flip that switch over to that place of power? The stories that you're telling, you know, at the, at a barbecue this summer or whatever it is, right. It's like really from that place of power. I'm curious for you, Chris, uh, cause I'm thinking about over the years as I've known you and the way for you when you, and, and especially knowing now with this new book, and again, everyone check out from heartbreak to wholeness.com that will be in the show notes. Really want to encourage you to, I always say grab three copies of a book when it comes out, because first I just want people to know we pour our hearts and souls into our books. And I just, I can't even tell you how much work they are to write. I'm like, you're doing this again, Chris? Like, what is happening, right? <laughs> it's, it's 
it's crazy process. I was like a baby. Forget the whole time. I know, right? Like, yeah, you totally forgot the childbirth story. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's crazy, but it's also, it's, it's such an incredible, you know, process as an, as an author to go through that process. And here's the thing, this is our best stuff. We've distilled down things that, like you said, you had all of those years of having women in your living room over and over again and learning from that and then learning from your own, you know, when you're standing up at the American Red Cross Association or or American Heart Association, when you're giving those speeches, like you're seeing what's resonating and what's not. And it's like, and then we distill it all down into this incredible book that is the best of the best. So if you're experiencing any heartbreak in your life or you know someone who is, go and get some copies of this book. And I always say a copy for yourself, a copy for someone you love that you know, and then keep a copy on your bookshelf and then there'll be someone that you know shows up at a party that you're throwing and you're like, I have the perfect book for you. And then you can gift it to them. And this is also a way to support people like Chris, like me, the authors in the world that are doing this work for you and putting it all into this package that costs usually, you know, under 25 bucks. It's like, it's the best deal in town. Like, and then actually do the work in the book. That's what I want to say about it. You know, I just think it's so important. My goodness. That's true. That's a great way to to talk about it, Amy. Thank you so much. And these, these really, these books, these kinds of books are labors of love for sure. I mean, they they are. And, and you, you do, it's kind of the whole thing that you can't, like, I couldn't even move into another topic until I wrote this book, you know? I so understand that. Yeah. I mean, they really are when you're when you're pregnant with an idea for a book you have to get it out into the world which i i so get i'm i'm curious for you as over the years as you've you know publicly talked whether on oprah or any of the other you know today show or whatever all these television shows that you've been on and you tell the story of richard of your late husband's passing how is that experience for you these days well, you know, and that's an interesting question um, because the reason the reason why it doesn't impact me quite as emotionally or people worry about me because again, I'm t- I'm telling it from a very empowered place. You yep, know? I'm telling it from the hero's lens, and yeah. I share my story because it wakes people up to their lives. I share yeah. my story because the greatest message in my own mess was that I wasn't feeling my life and. Yeah, everyone to, to not have to go through the suffering that I did at realizing that and, you know, and feeling so even shame about it because I had no idea that I was doing living the way I was living until I wasn't anymore. And that was so much a part of, you know, my own message and the mess and my desire to um, make life better for people, you know? And so part of the reason why I'm able to share my story is, it is a story that's shocking and it is a story that everyone can relate to. And it's a story that nobody wants to imagine. Right. You know, nobody wants to imagine, but if you imagine it, then you're going to make a change happen in your lives. And then if you imagine that a person in your life that you love can walk out the door and die suddenly, if, if you, if I had only imagined that the day before Richard died, I would have gotten that last hug. Oh, you know, I would have yeah. run out to the car and right. said, you know, I'm, I'm here. I want to hug you. I want to hold you tight because yeah. how would I have known that the next day he was going to be gone? Right. 
you know, and, and that's, that's, you know, that's again, that comes from having walked the hero's path and saying, Mm -hmm. I'm willing to go there again and again and again to give back to humanity. And that is in essence, the Holy grail of the hero's journey is that you take your story and you give it back to humanity. You give it back. It belongs to humanity. It's a story we can all relate to and it's, it's life-changing. I love that. I, I love that you have so deeply connected into your purpose of sharing the story over and over again and knowing that you're on book tour and going to be telling it a lot, that you have just so deeply landed in that space of service, of having your story be of service to other people and wake other people up. That is so incredibly powerful. Thanks, Amy. Yeah, that's beautiful, honey. So I know that we're wrapping up here and I'll ask you the question that I like to ask all of my guests here on the Amy Ehler Show, which is what's magical and what's messy about your life right now? Oh, that's easy. (laughs) (laughs) Book, book, a new book and new book. Well, well, what's what's magical about my life right now is I am going to have my fifth grandbaby this fall. Oh my, my gosh! Daughter Jazz is having her fifth child. Um, Wait, I did not even know that she was pregnant with her fifth child. <laughs> yeah, she's she was um, yeah, poor Jazz. All of her children have come broken through birth controls one way or another. So this one, this <laughs> husband went out of vasectomy. <laughs> And then she got pregnant right after. So, you know. Oh my gosh. We're, we're going to say this little guy snuck in, you know, snuck oh. in before the tubes got tied. Oh my gosh. That is crazy. Wait, so what's the age range? We need to know this because I know there's a lot of mamas who listen to this okay, show. Well, just so you all are listening, my daughter is not, she just turned 29 years old. I mean, and she's having her fifth baby before she's 30. And her, um, her, little, her oldest is turning nine this summer. And they stair-stepped down two years, except these last two are only going to be nine months apart or 15 months apart. No, oh it's yet 15 months apart. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She was nine months pregnant. Nine or no, 18 months. Because she was nine months. The baby was nine months. And then she's, yeah. So 18 months apart, these two will be. And Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So that's that's the story. She's got going to have a big family and a basketball team to boot. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then goodness the nasty, you know, the nasty part probably and the joy is, you know, the book. Like, I'm super overjoyed that I have, you know, birthed this book and, um, and, and the birthing process of bringing a book out and, you know, getting it out there isn't, it's, it's messy, you know, it's, it it wakes you up in the middle of the night and you've got 10 million things that you have to get done and your team is frazzled and, you know, and, and everybody's trying to get everything done on time for the, for the book to be born. And so, but you know, the good news is books can come out whether all of it yes. gets on, <laughs> what it sells, you know, it's just going to be what it is. Yes. And, and that's it. You know, I mean, the last thing I would love to say about the book is that, yeah. well, it may get pigeonholed as a lost book. It really isn't. It's, it's a mm. book that has a roadmap on how to live and beautiful live with a tremendous amount of clarity and joy. And that's for somebody who isn't necessarily in heartbreak or loss. 
you know, it, it'll really teach you a lot about how to return to joy if you ever find yourself in that position. So thanks, Amy. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Again, everyone, the name of the book is From Heartbreak to Wholeness. You can check it out at From Heartbreak to Wholeness.com. My guest, the incredible, the amazing ray of sunshine, Christine Carlson. Thank you, darling, for being here on the Amy Ayler Show. And with that, I'll remind all of you, if you've loved the Amy Ayler Show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It does help other ambitious, powerful, soulful women find this very show so that they can stop being so darn hard on themselves. And with that, until next time, it's Amy Ayler's The Wake Up Call Coach signing off. Bye-bye, everyone.